Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Boys Reviews. We are your hosts, I'm Nerdy Boy Christian. And I'm Nerdy Boy Scott. And this is Nerdy Boys Reviews, your nerdcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in nerdy news and trending nerd topics. Explicit content warning material on this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners of all ages. And spoiler warning, we'll probably spoil stuff from newer movies or television. So you've been warned. What's up, dude? Yeah. 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 Very improvised. <laughs> well, just the end because you know, you know, I don't really know like on the fly how to be like, oh yeah, we might talk about like Endgame and and stuff like that, you know? Oh uh, yes, yes. I get what you're going with this, but anyways, hello everyone. Hello, hello. Hope everyone is doing well. As Christian and I are bringing you some fantastic news to talk about this week. Yeah, I know. There's so much going on, you know, like the biggest story of the week with Spider-Man. But we'll get to we'll get to that later because there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot been going on recently. So, you know, what's been what's been happening with you? What has been happening with me? Uh nothing really new. I mean, I feel like I've updated you guys all on the the uh, my pregnancy saga going on. <laughs> I don't know why I called it a saga, but, you know, anyways. It's a fair, it's a fair. Having a baby and stuff, and, you know, the only thing we're doing now is just, like, planning the baby shower, which, you know, apparently is a lot more planning than you would think, you know? I mean, especially with my girlfriend and baby mother, (laughs) like, you know, she's, like, a very, like, pre-planner type person. Yes. And, like, wants all the deets worked out and everything. And wants to go super over the top. That. Wants to go super over the top with it, too, you know? So, you know, we're just trying to do that stuff. And, you know, just been working and, and whatnot. And, you know, uh, slowly but surely, uh, you know, potentially honing in on a potential career path for myself oh. in uh, cooking. You know, I've just been really enjoying uh, taking on, you know, some different challenges and, you know, responsibilities at work, you know. Uh, maybe not always going the way I wanted to, like, 24-7 at work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other day I was just, like, thinking to myself, and, you know, this is a, an applicable message kind of to everyone is like just to you know apply yourself like where possible and like really just focus on the things that you can control you know for instance you know it's like basically at my work i was like pretty much guaranteed to start training as the new cook and maybe i'm not getting as many days as i would like at in that position right so instead of getting in a huff and getting angry and you know, going off on my manager about it, uh, you know, I'm just choosing to, like, try to approach it in a different way and, like, spend every day, like, in, like, the prep area trying to, like, hone my knife skills and, like, you know, perfecting different, like, chops and cuts. Yeah, like... And just, like, really just, like, trying to, like, get better at some of those things and, like, even just like the first day that I applied myself with that way of thinking, I instantly noticed like a huge drastic change into like how well the results were. Right. 
Yeah, I actually was like, I've been reading recently like a lot of articles um, and things about like habits of successful people and um, like different different things like that. And it's like all kind of like very interesting about different ways to like discipline yourself and and try to apply yourself in different ways and, and things like that. Right. And, and maybe, maybe, you know, my current job isn't like the most ideal, like learning situation. Maybe it won't teach me everything that I need to know, but like, it will give me enough experience to maybe move on to something else. And I'm doing like a lot of self teaching, you know, looking up like, you know, tutorial videos, watching like a lot of just, uh, like upper echelon type, you know, chefs and stuff like that, you know, people that are like kind of inspiring to me and like, yeah. I think are really cool and, you know, just, you know, trying to apply some of the techniques that they're like talking about and yeah, just kind of like really trying to get into it. And, you know, it's like, it, it all kind of started with, you know, it's like, I've been talking about doing like chef work and whatnot for a while now. And right. then, you know, watching certain television shows and yeah, yeah. It's like very glamorized, like on television, but like, it also showed me like, it kind of like showed me like more of like the artistic form of cooking, which like got me really interested. Right. It's like, it's like anything else, you know, like you look at maybe if you watch like a video of Gordon Ramsay cooking, you're like, Oh, I could do that. Cause he's showing me how to do it. Or like, you know, with music, like, Oh, I can learn to play this on guitar or whatever. But like, truly mastering the craft and knowing how to you know make something yourself create a new recipe create a new song whatever it is is like the next level it's like people people look at kind of things like this maybe one dimensionally it's like oh i can learn to do that whheras like when you truly master it it's it just takes you to another level of understanding right yeah exactly but one of the most interesting things i've been reading is for very, very successful people, the the most important thing they've highlighted, like one of the things I read is said like, there's no bad job, only bad bosses. And they really highlight that if you want to get far in your career, you need to have a great mentor and then you need to become a great mentor. Like without proper mentorship, it's easy to get lost and, you know, hate your job, hate your life and really not understand why you're doing things so everybody highlights the idea of like you need a great mentor to guide you through things and teach yeah. you how to become a great mentor right right yeah and uh like what's kind of great like about like you know my position that i get to like hang around like the cooks a lot so it's like i kind of take it upon myself to like learn certain things and whatnot um so, you know, it's just like that, but, you know, maybe it's not the exact mentorship that, like, I feel that I need, and maybe I'll be, like, looking for different opportunities in that nature, but, yeah, you know, that just kind of remains well, to be seen. that's another thing, you know, like, people, people kind of get comfortable and stagnant in their careers and life and everything else, and it's like, it's easy because that's what you're used to, and change is scary, and risk is scary and stuff, but you should always take new opportunities when they come, and it's it's important because the only way you ever move forward in life is really to invest in yourself like that's that's the bottom line is like if you're not investing in yourself you're investing in someone else or you're putting your time for someone else so you know right, if, exactly. if there's another opportunity to make more money or to do something more it's not always the best choice because like you know there are a lot of people that do take those jobs and then they're like oh, i i hated the job i worked so much all this stuff if i would have just stayed where i was if i would have saw the vision that they had for me 
and stayed, I could have been somewhere else. I could have been some some higher position or whatever. But I got impatient. I moved too fast. There's people like that too. But you have to be able to. That, that's the other reason. Like mentorship is so important. You know, if you can't see that vision, it's easy to get lost and move on to something you're not prepared for. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, um, as you can tell, I've been reading a lot of random shit <laughs> recently. Right. Um, right. Uh, so at my work, we do like. I don't know. I don't know if you're like this, but like for me, like we don't have like a set uniform. We just like wear like dress casual polos and dress shirts or whatever. But like uh, as a person of habit, I tend to like wear the same things on the same days every week. So like on right. Monday, I'll wear one polo and then the next Monday I'll wear the same polo or whatever. Right. And so like every Friday I wear like my pink polo. And then like one of my other coworkers, he was wearing he, like every Friday he's wearing a pink polo. So like we just called it like pink Friday, right? And then one of the other pre- people there is like, oh, why don't you do fuchsia Friday? Because it sounds better. But, like, fuchsia is, like, a really weird color of pink. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm going to buy a fuchsia dress shirt and do this fuchsia Friday shit, right? So I found one on Amazon. It was, like, $8. I got an extra large slim fit. I was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. I put that shit on today. Holy fuck. They said slim, dude. I didn't think they meant like supermodel thin. Holy fuck, man. I was squeezing into that shit like fucking the biscuits in the can and shit. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I wore it all day, too. I had it tucked in because I have to. Like, there's no way like the bottom hem would fit over my jeans. That's how tight it was. Right. So like I'm like sitting like I struggled to button the two bottom buttons. <laughs> I have oh, no. tucked into my jeans. I'm like fucking dude. I go into work and everybody's like, dude, you look so good. And I'm like, ah, I can't breathe. <laughs> All right. Oh no. That's so, so funny. But like, it's so funny though, like how we like perceive ourselves and like you're like, oh no, I don't look good. Like I look, you know, a certain way. And then everybody else is like, dude, you look so great. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, like, <laughs> it, it does look, like, I, like when you look, like, like, I look at myself, I'm like, okay, like, I can't see, like, my belly hanging over. Like, it looks like it, it's, like, fitted nicely, but, like, it feels so tight on me. Like, right. it's, like, I don't think it's worth it to be that uncomfortable, you know? So. Yeah. But. Totally. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, that's, like, everything as far as, like, personal personal stuff but for the podcast we had we had a pretty big thing happen right i mean this is is one of the many reasons you should be following uh not only the nerdy boys reviews social media but you should be watching uh following our social medias as well yes uh because if i mean if you were doing that you would have known that we went to silicon valley comic-con and we participated in uh podcast palooza Yes, put on by... And you might be uh, asking yourself, what the is Podcast Palooza? Well, basically, uh, it was an event run by uh, Westwood One and Sub Nation, both uh, what I, I guess you could refer to them as... Media like, corporations. What, yeah, media corporations, you know. Um, basically, they sponsored the event and they invited... Uh, pod did like various podcasts, uh, pertaining to like you know nerd culture, gaming, comic books, and I think they even list off music, but I don't think anybody really talked about music. Yeah, I think Not it's because um, since then I visited Subnation's website a little bit, and like it's one of the categories on their website that right, you know, so maybe that's why. 
Right, right. Oh, yeah, and I'm assuming Westwood One as well has a lot of music stuff because if it's yeah. the same Westwood One as Tim Westwood, then that would definitely make sense. Right, yeah, syndicated radio, all that jazz. So yeah, but anyways, um, you basically what it was is you you pitched your podcast idea to them via email, and then they correspond with you if you're selected. And they give you a time slot. You show up to uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con, which was in San Jose at the convention center. And uh, you're basically given about 30 minutes to 45 minutes to run your podcast segment. And, uh, you know, if they like you, basically they refer to it as picking you up, which I assume means signing a contract with them to exclusively podcast through their brand. Right is what I'm assuming that means. So we gave it a shot. We didn't even think we we're going to go. And then, you know, we were selected. We went. We absolutely killed it. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, looking back, right, at first I really overanalyzed it and I didn't feel great about, like, my own performance, you know. But then, like, looking back, I was like, dude, we did really well considering anybody that has any knowledge of our podcast knows that we are an explicit uh, content podcast. Right. I cuss out, you know, out yeah, of this world. we both cuss all the time. It's just who we are. And literally, we did not, neither of us cussed not one time during yeah. that podcast. Kept it G-rated, uh, boys. Right, yeah, because uh, right before we went on stage, which was a normal, like, if you guys have ever been to a Comic-Con convention, you, if you, uh, the, what, what's it called? It's like a the, panel. A panel. Yeah, stage. yeah, like the panel stages, you know, like where guest stars come on, there's a Q&A and then, you know, fans line up for the Q&A. Yeah, but it's, it's like, not it like, like one, it's like, it a, like almost like a bigger Comic-Con panel stage because it's not like a, one of like the local cons like Wizard World where we go to and they're like sitting in chairs with a moderator, like, you know, one-on-one right. chairs, like director's chairs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it was like, like an handheld. actual, like, like one that you would see at like, uh, you know, Comic-Con San Diego or yeah, something like, like Like one of those big panel stages like stages where you got the table with the built-in mics yeah built-in mics you know a whole sound uh audio engineering team right right there running everything you know actual spotlights in your face and it was it was pretty nerve-wracking it was a great experience yeah and like our music sounded so good through like their system our logo looked great on their screens so you know it was awesome but it was like a little awkward because like i didn't exactly know the timing like because they they asked us uh like as you know we do our intro over our music right uh every time and like they said that they were just gonna play it and it's gonna be pretty loud so like i didn't know it like the sound quality of the mic so i was like oh should i like start the intro now but like i know the length of the intro and i was able to complete the intro even though I didn't start it on the normal queue, but it was okay. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. And But, uh, like, I feel like there was, like, a couple instances where maybe there was a, a slight bit of dead air. But for the most part, I feel like, you know, being in a public setting for the first time, uh, you know, having those spotlights, you know, a lot of pressure on you. I feel like we performed extremely well, and I'm, like, super proud of us. Yeah, yeah, and, like, I knew you were really nervous, and, like, you know, it was like I was telling you, like, once you're up there and you start talking, it's easy. It's like, you know, and it's not like, it's a little different even for us because we weren't doing our regular podcast, even though that's what we were supposed to be doing. They're like, oh, yeah, you do your regular podcast. But I thought we had to do, like, what we pitched to them, which was, 
you know, about gaming and nerd and comic book culture and everything. So that's what we focused on, really. So right. Um, and because it's a new audience, we we did this introduction about like how we got into nerd culture, like where we started. Talked about the con and everything, and um, that was really good. And then we got into gaming culture, and we spent the half hour on gaming culture alone. So I thought we did really well. Right. Uh, unfortunately, we did email them. Uh, we didn't hear back about like where we could find like links for that specific podcast. We don't even know if they're going to post it or not. Um, like all we know is that the fact that they're reviewing all of the podcasting uh, audio and then if they're interested in continuing forward with us, then they will contact us via email. So everyone keep your fingers crossed for us and, you know, say a little prayer. Hopefully, you know, something comes of it. If not though, I really enjoyed the experience and uh you know i'll definitely be on the lookout for more things like this because i didn't yeah. even like realize like man this is a thing you know yeah just this essentially was like a tryout you know right. more than happy to do it again right absolutely Sometimes. absolutely and it felt like it was really good uh i brought a lot of you know cool factoids and like a lot of knowledge into the gaming area of things and you know i felt that right. we both did very excellent yeah you know and it's like facts sometimes get overlooked or people look at facts as like kind of boring so people go for more of the, the opinions and the hardline opinions and like those are more interesting but like some of the facts you came with were actually really interesting and i think a lot of people will be like oh geez wow that's cool you know so right but speaking of like not knowing where to find it like like a dummy i'm like oh maybe they just will post all these things the next day even though they probably want to edit them and review them and all this stuff so i looked up like podcast palooza and stuff and found like just a random like podcast name podcast palooza but then there was one that had the logo from the show and i was like oh shit did these people like find a way to record theirs and post it or something right so i'm listening i start listening to it and this guy's talking about how they were going to do it but then they had all these problems and he's like okay well my partner doesn't live in the area and they wouldn't let me do skype with him so they recommended i find someone else to do it with and i was i didn't want to do it without my partner so i wasn't even going to do it but but i i i gave in and i found someone to do it with right and he's like and i have a press pass so i get in every year and they wouldn't give him a pass to get in the the convention so i just decided not to do it i was like dude are you kidding me? You expect to them to let your friend in for free just so he can podcast with you? Subnation is not running the con. Like, you have to right. buy your own admission. Like, you spoiled little bitch. Like, holy shit. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that seems like a little ridiculous. I can totally understand his viewpoint of not wanting to do it without his partner. Yeah. And then he was willing to do it without his partner, obviously. But right. it's like, that That seems like kind of ridiculous that, like, he's complaining that they weren't, like, letting his friend in whatever so that they could do the podcast or whatever and i'm just like yeah like like if i if i couldn't do it with you then i wouldn't have done it but at the same time i wouldn't have been like oh we were gonna do it but they wouldn't give us free admission to the con so we chose not to like right i mean that would have been a sweet thing if they did get us you know free admission that'd be cool but i mean hey yeah pay your own way and stuff man yeah exactly sometimes tryouts are just not free you know you gotta pay your way to get there right invest in yourself man yeah and it's just it's just like everything else like in life like you you have to put yourself out there and and really go for it and you know it's it's not the con like the con is not like we're sponsoring you to go on stage like 
no right it's... no it was essentially like a live audition you know for uh, you know everyone to hear content and stuff right. and I, I mean i just think it was you know a, a great experience even if we're not picked right you know yeah i know what you guys might be thinking right now because you know we referred to me being nervous and you're like scott why why were you nervous you're like the greatest podcaster alive oh yeah so like you know it's like uh, why would you be nervous it wasn't the fact that i was nervous to like speak in public or anything because i've been in all those settings before uh you know being in managers positions being a football coach having to do like public speeches and things like that i'm totally used to that aspect of it and like that was fine but it was just like the implication of like what it meant. I kind of built it up in my head, and like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, maybe unnecessary pressure. It was just that I was taking the opportunity very, very seriously. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, you went up there and you performed, and that's what's important. Like, there's a lot of things now, like. Even when we were in school, a lot of people were like, oh, I, I just don't do good on tests. I get test anxiety and all this stuff. And it's like, to me, you have to understand that in some respects, but it's still not an excuse for them to not do well. Because anything you want to do in life to be successful, you have to put yourself out there. You have to give presentations. You have to be able to speak in front of people. You have to, you know, take tests to show people that you know what you're doing. So if you can't perform under that pressure, then you're never really going to advance in life. You're always going to be stuck behind right so and i think like maybe like one thing that was like a little bit added pressure is like so it's like i don't remember like what the like the people's like podcasts like before us that were on gag on this if you guys want to check them out (sighs) probably wouldn't recommend it (laughs) yeah it's one guy there was one guy though there was like i don't know his name or anything but there was one guy so if like you're facing the stage he was like the guy all the way to the left which doesn't really freaking help he's a listen to this he's a teacher but like yeah, I think he was, like, redhead, maybe. Uh, I don't think he's redhead, but he's, like... Maybe. He kind of looked like Chris Chris Cuomo from CNN, if you know who that is. Yeah. But, but anyways, he was, like, fantastic. I thought he was, like, the star of their podcast. Yeah. And, like, the, he's the guy that made me nervous. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the other guy was, like, you know, he was trying to be, like, the edgy, controversial guy. And, like, felt very forced. No, You know, not a knock on the guy, you know, but it just... I mean, it, it did kind of seem, like... He was forcing that little gag a bit. And then the other guy was just, like, completely silent. So it's, like, those two kind of brought down the level of their podcast. But that that other guy was, like, superb. That guy was so good, dude. Yeah. And I was just, like, which, like, made me feel, like, at the end, you know, I was, like, damn, did I do enough? (laughs) You know, like, I I was, like, really left with that feeling because I was, like, really just, like, in my mind thinking about that guy's performance compared to our performance i mean like the dude in the middle is like people might think he's like entertaining because he's like oh i don't like star wars and oh who what what house was the redhead kid in what house was hermione in? what house was he's like trying to be like like, you know an edgelord yeah like at first you can be like okay he's being he's trying to be funny like it's kind of entertaining but like to listen to someone like that every week i couldn't do it i'd get so irritated just at like his like the fact that he wants to talk about things that he has no interest in and doesn't know anything about, he wants to talk about it as if he knows what he's talking about. It would just irritate me to no end. Right. And I'm not saying like you're disqualified as a nerd. Like if you no. only have like one single fandom, but it did like seem like, I'm like, I'm like, now I like actually wonder, I'm like, 
like wait what is this guy's fandom exactly because like yeah. everything that he talked about he, he had like no knowledge on. i think his fandom is batman even though he he really likes the newer movies with batman i don't know but like i don't it, it'd be like me going going and be like scott let's let's do a podcast and talk about naruto and i'm just like hey dude what clan is naruto in is he like in the leaf one like dude i don't know that's kind of lame and this is like people right, would be like what yeah, the fuck yeah. is wrong with you dude just watch the fucking show and then talk about it you know right <laughs> but you know we didn't get to all the content we wanted to but i still liked our performance so like i said you know just be on the lookout for some some more like news on that uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media at nerd boys reviews twitter and instagram and facebook also my personal twitter is captain hot sauce yeah and uh christians is nerdy boy and human yeah so check that out are we are we ready for this news are we ready to get into the news yeah yeah all right I think let's, so. let's do it this is the nbr news live from the NBR in-home studios. Christian, back to you. Alrighty, guys. This week didn't have that much news. There's one huge story about Spider-Man. We'll get to that later, but... Today is actually the kickoff of D23, so all of a sudden all this news wants to come in and like attack us. So we're going to be talking about D23 and some of the other things going on. But first of all, Jon Favreau, he is, you know, everybody knows who Jon Favreau is. He directed Lion King and Jungle Book and the first Iron Man and all this stuff. And he's doing the Mandalorian series for Disney+, Plus, the Star Wars series about the, the bounty hunter. And he has confirmed that Boba Fett will not be in the show um, and that it's an entire cast of new characters, even though we know IG-88, the bounty hunters in it, and maybe some of the other ones um, who weren't named so in Empire Strikes Back. But what do you think? Are you upset no Boba Fett? Uh, no, no. Yeah. I'm not upset by that. I mean, I watched the trailer. Yeah, dude, the trailer's so fucking cool, dude. <laughs> I thought that looked so sick. Right, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Uh I mean anything, John. I'm 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 a pretty big John Favreau fan, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm really excited to see what he's able to accomplish uh, with this, and it should be interesting to see. You know, I I don't know if it's going to be Disney Plus's first thing that they've pub- yeah. like, published. Yeah, November twelfth. The when the when the site launches, it'll be on there. So literally, this is their actual first production that they're putting on there. Yeah, like that was actually theirs. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't like Netflix's or somebody else's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Just just getting my facts straight. Well, I mean, I it's gonna be something that's gonna like set the bar for Disney Plus, right? Because then it's gonna be like, okay, now we kind of know like what like they can do with a certain kind of budget. Right. You know, so I'm very interested to see like what they're doing, like what kind of budget they're working with. It's got to be a huge budget. It has to be because even in the trailer, those scenes look amazing. The 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 graphics look amazing. The, That's what the, I was saying. Yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, that was like movie quality graphics. It's, I was like, it's amazing. I was like, man, how are they keeping costs low? Because. Uh, just, I mean, I guess maybe that's an advantage of running your own streaming platform. Yeah. You don't have to worry about budgetary costs as much. Yeah, I, I mean, assume. they I know mean, they they know that they're gonna get huge numbers of subscribers. So 
I don't think they're worried about it, especially with the other announcements they made, which we'll get to later um, with some of the Marvel stuff. But, like, in addition, we know Clone Wars Season 7 is coming February 2020. We know we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi series with Ewan McGregor returning. Right. Like, holy shit, dude, that's a huge announcement. Dude, I, I seen that, and I was like, I know Christian has seen this, and he probably shit himself. Dude, I, I, w- I saw that, and I was like... <gasps> <laughs> I was so excited. So. I know you were, friend. I know you were. No, I mean, I'm equally as excited, too. I mean, I thought he was very good in the Obi-Wan uh, role, and I actually thought... The, you know, I'm one of the people, and along, along with you, I know that we both are of the opinion that the prequels are actually good movies. <laughs> they just get, like, a lot of stick. I'm not going to say they're good movies. I'm just going to say I like them. Like... Uh, like, I don't know. There's just something about watching the Darth Maul fight scene that, like, is amazing. Even the pod race is cool. Just right. the the opening scene of, of Phantom Menace where, like, they're flying into the Trade Federation ship and you see Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and they're, like, fighting their way through the ship and everything is so fucking cool to me. Um, there's, right. you know, Attack of the Clones is probably the weakest of those three, but even then there's still cool scenes you know, you get to see all the Jedi in action together on Geonosis, and then Revenge of the Sith just has some of the best fight choreography I've ever seen in my life, and the best score. John Williams outdid himself on that one. Right, right. So. Definitely all good stuff. Yeah, so... So, I mean, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down on Ewan McGregor coming back. Huge thumbs up. Huge Cannot fucking raging wait. boner of a thumbs up. Yeah. So... Yeah. I, I mean, that's pretty much what I thought. Yeah, I think it's incredible. Like, I know it was rumored before, and I was like, I'm not going to get my hopes up on this one because it might not happen. But now it's happening, so okay. This is good. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, there was some really, really big news that came out this week about uh, Sony and Marvel and Spider-Man and, like, their deal, like, turning to crap. But before that, though, before we get into that, we got some more D23 news for you. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, but before that, I have other before news for whole, you. Before the before. <laughs> um, this is other Star Wars news, but it's comic book news. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, Star Wars has had comics at Marvel since 2015, and they're going to end this November. Uh, not all of them, but just the one named Star Wars. And it brings us up to the end of Empire Strikes Back, I believe. There will likely be more comics launched under a different name later that might explore more. Um, but that's the end of this title. So if you are enjoying it, I'm sorry. Um, and then some DC news because you have to you have to have a, a laughing stock in some podcasts, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and DC is that for us. Yeah, so it's just Joker news. First of all, the Joker is going to be rated R. whoop de fucking do Okay, let's be honest, though. I'm actually pretty excited for that movie. Are you? <laughs> yeah. I actually got, like, the little teaser or whatever that came out. I was yeah. like, oh, this is really interesting. But it's, I was like, okay. The, the My biggest issue with it is that it's just not the Joker. Like, they even said it has nothing to do with comic books. They're just using the Joker's name, and, like, the story is what someone would have to go through to become the Joker. Right. And so... I don't know. To me, like the idea that they're just disregarding everything and using the Joker's name for clout is is bothersome. But that's their business. Well, I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see because um, 
So that was like kind of what was like a little bit interesting about uh, the Dark Knight film with like, you know, Christian Bale. Right. And uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker uh, was like they alluded a lot to his like background, which was like, I feel like brilliant because nobody like other than, you know, the killing joke and stuff like you don't really know who the Joker is. You don't know his background. He's never been given a backstory. Yeah. And even like a killing joke, that's why it's such a brilliant piece of work. It's not a true backstory, you know, like you, st- <laughs> you still like know his name and like you still know like so much stuff about him and he's such a mysterious person. But the thing I would love to see, though, is like to for a film to really, really just like turn back the page a little bit with the <clears throat> with the Joker character and turn him more into like, you know, like the, the clown prince of crime and stuff like that. Right. And I think that's what they tried to kind of do. Uh, uh, they did that and, for sure in the Dark Knight. Th- no, 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 no. Uh, in, in, a, in a way, but it was still like very dark, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I, and, and 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 I feel like uh, like the that Joker was like more of like the New Age Joker look and stuff. But like I felt like the Suicide Squad like Joker look, even like you know minus maybe the tattoos and stuff like that. Yeah like looked a little bit more joker-esque and stuff with the popping colors on him and stuff but again it was like a serious more darker version of him which i guess like you have to like give and take somewhere when it comes to like return like turning like a piece of fiction into something like reality based and like you know something you could believe but i still believe like like that actual version of joker can be done and i think like the closest thing maybe that we ever really got to him was uh nicholson so like yeah jack nicholson was great yeah uh, i yeah, thought i, mean, I, thought, I even, thought he was great even though the, the heath ledger look maybe wasn't like that like the story itself and the writing was a oh, lot of him yeah. you know organizing the underground and organizing harvey dent and all this stuff like like really organizing crime to become the clown prince of crime you know right in a way and that's that's what really made him so threatening and so so good as the joker is like right he was so unpredictable it's like i i just kind of wish like we could get like a like a heath ledger with like a more like jared leto look yeah like a more jared leto look like like the tattoos and like all the extra shit yeah the grill and all that yeah like just like with like the original like Joker pop like pop you know yeah I mean Jared Leto looks great in a suit put him in the fucking Joker suit holy shit what's wrong with you people right exactly and like I don't think it's like hard to accomplish but anyways I was kind of like you know I super like digress and whatnot like off of like the the the, the more important thing was is I actually think like the movie can be good yeah where I come down on on the end of the day is it. I've always said the movie could be really fucking good. It could be the most amazing movie that's ever been released. But to me, it's still not a Joker movie, you know? Like, it's Joker only in name, but in content, it's something different, which is fine. It can still be an amazing movie, but it has nothing to do with the greater DCEU anyway. It has nothing to do with DC, Joker, Warner Brothers, other than the name. So, See, this is, like, where I just get so confused about, like, what DC... And Warner Brothers, like, when they make their choices and things like that. Yeah, you're confused because they're confused. Like, because it's, like, it's so confusing. It's, like, you obviously see, like, in almost every other, like, company, you know, like, Star Wars obviously was, like, the ones that kind of did it. 
and then like you like kind of seen it in, like Lord of the Rings, you know, right. uh, you you see it like um, you know Marvel, like the MCU and stuff, like this expansive universe that connects together, and it works, right? It yeah. works. It makes sense. It keeps people invested in the stories, right? Right. It makes people rewatch it. it makes it makes you know the average person, uh, you know maybe that doesn't have a Netflix subscription or something, but this happens to have a little extra money, but doesn't really want the Netflix subscription. It makes them go out and buy that 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 DVD, and makes them want to you know rewatch that film just for this next film. Right. You know what I mean? The issue like, like DC and Warner Brothers has is they'll do like one or two good movies here and there, right? Like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. But then like every other movie they put out is like the seventh season of Game of Thrones. It's like it makes you not interested at all in the rest of it anymore. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's like, you know, it's like they, 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 they started off on a really bad foot. Right. And then they, they put a good foot forward, but then they took a step back. But then they put two feet forward, you know? So it's like, so, okay, what's your next move? Are you going to just retract again? So, because it, it started off Man of Steel, BVS, Wonder Woman, uh, Justice League, you know, Aquaman, yeah. Shazam, right? So so it's like, obviously, Man of Steel, BVS, garbage. Right. Wonder Woman, step in the right direction. Yeah, yes. Wonder Woman gave us hope. Wonder Woman is like season one of Game of Thrones where we're like, Okay, we're getting there. Like, I'm invested in the story now. Right. Justice League, awful. <laughs> yeah, Justice League, season seven, not interested in anything else that came before it anymore. I don't care. I'm done. Right. Uh, Aquaman, great. Uh, yeah, Aquaman is like season five, Aqu- season six. Holy shit, dude. What's going on it's here? so crazy, dude, right? Shazam, I haven't watched it, but I heard was great as well. Yeah, Shazam, Shazam is really good. Um, you know, Or it, not great, but like a good film, you know? Yeah, so, and, and doing Aquaman and Shazam back to back that are both, in my opinion, good films. Like, you're on the right path now. You have you have a line now. One more. You have a pattern. Can you keep that going? Exactly. But so, but then when they sit there and they 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 begin to make all these little other side films, and then like apparently they're not part of the expanded DC universe, and it's just like. What yeah. the fuck and is now going people on? Like, are upset because Robert Pattinson's going to be Batman and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, oh, I could care less uh, so much about the Robert Pattinson stuff. I just want them to like get their shit together, right? DC's... You know, it's like how many times now have we heard the news of the Flash getting a director? They're one hundred percent on track. Two weeks later, boom, they're derailed. Right. There, there, nobody, not one director, is willing to stick with that film, and that tells you how terrible that film will be. Right. Yeah, I that mean, that tells you everything you need to know, and tells me all my assumptions about, uh, about you know Ezra Miller was correct that he was just not the right guy for the for the Flash. I'm sorry, it's nothing personal against the guy. It's just when you think of the Flash, you're not imagining him. <laughs> Right. You yeah, know, and I, a... and I don't, you know, think like you have to perfectly look like the person because obviously Grant Gustin doesn't look like fucking the Flash. Right. But, but he has like, the heart of the Flash. He has the heart of the Flash. He captures the entire essence of the Flash. And he's such a great actor, dude. Yeah. He's such a good actor. It's so just... it's like, it begs the question. It's like, why not just use some of your, your television characters? as your fucking movie characters too like what i don't understand like the problem with that 
they're already like developed into these characters, you know. So it's like there's not a whole lot of room for error. Right. And then DC and Warner Brothers controls the TV show so much they tell them, oh yeah, you can't use Nightwing, you can't use Batman, blah blah blah. But the why, why are you let them use anybody at all if you're not even gonna incorporate them? Right. It's like it's just it's just a muddled mess at DC. I don't ever think they're gonna get their shit together, unfortunately. Right. Which is like unfortunate for me, especially me. You know, you're more Marvel based when it comes to comics. I'm yeah. far more DC based. Like I love DC when it comes to comic books. Right. Yeah. But I, I like, think I think DC like the only things I've seen them do right. Like I I I mean I obviously aside from the movies we talked about is like Titan season one was really good and I've heard Doom Patrol was really good. Swamp Thing I haven't watched because it got canceled before the first season, the first episode aired is really weird, but I'm assuming it's not bad either. So right. all these live action things are doing on their own uh, streaming service seem to be really good. So, I mean, Titan season two comes out next month or something. So I'm excited for that. And hopefully it, it works because, you know, we have, we have Dick, uh, Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. We have, um, obviously the other Titans, but we're getting Deathstroke and his daughter and all these like great characters for Titans. And that's really good to see because we apparently, we can't get all these great characters in in Arrow and Flash and all this stuff because DC doesn't or Warner Brothers doesn't want them to use them. Right, exactly. It's just so stupid, dude. Yeah. So, um, but Joaquin Phoenix apparently, back to the Joker, had to be convinced to take the role of the Joker. Um, this is what he said. He said it took me a while to commit. Um, he explained during an interview. Now, when I look back, I don't understand why there was a lot of fear. Yeah, but I always say there's motivating fear and debilitating fear there's the fear where you cannot make a fucking step and there's the kind where it's like okay what do we do that's not good enough and you're digging uh deeper and deeper i love that kind of fear it guides us makes us work harder um he previously turned down roles in films like dr strange and hulk he also explained that uh, his hesitation came from his disinterest in the sometimes simplistic superhero story beats he said, I think oftentimes in these movies we have these simplified reductive archetypes and that allows for the audience to be distant from the character just like we would do in real life where it's easy to label somebody as evil and therefore say, well, I'm not that. What do you think of his comments? Um, I mean, I think he needs to read some comic books for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I think, uh, you know, just to simply say, that like i feel the exact opposite you know it's like there's not because like every superhero has like their own like unique backstory right and it's, it's generally something that like you can connect with on a personal level yeah. whereas like a lot of regular tv shows are actually more that way you know right it's not... like you know or, or you know your regular movies and your regular tv shows and stuff so it's like i, I totally disagree with what he's saying i i just think that's like an absurd statement. That's like, oh, yeah. yeah. So rinse and repeat, you know? We don't we don't connect with Superman because of his powers. We just look at his powers and go, oh, that's really fucking cool or whatever. You know, obviously some people are like, he's just too overpowered. He can do anything, whatever. But we connect right. with Superman because of his humanity. As someone who's right. not human, he has this humanity that makes him endearing to people. Like his his goodness, his hopefulness for, for people is what makes him 
relatable. It's what makes us able to connect with him. We don't connect with Captain America because he's this American soldier, hero, warrior, whatever. Some people might, but most people don't. People connect with him because of the same reasons they connect with Superman. Like, we don't connect... Chris Evans. Well, that's true, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, we talked about this at, at the con, too. You know, like, I talked about Captain America in comics, and I never really cared for him, but because... It, of Chris Evans and his portrayal and the writing of the character in the movies, I, I love him because they they give him that complexity, that depth, that vulnerability that allows us to connect with him and see something more. See, like I mean, I think Joaquin Phoenix is a good actor, but the thing is, is like then makes me question his his true depth as an actor is like that he can just like nonchalantly look at that and be like, oh, I can't make my you know, my audience connect with me and, and be invested. So like what you're saying is like, you don't have the ability to do research and, and, and find out more about these characters and then make it your own and like put out a performance so good that like people are connected with it. Like, I don't understand that. Like, you know, right. Like I, I just don't understand like his point of view really. Like, like <laughs> yeah i don't understand it but at the end of the day that's his opinion and i'm not gonna let it like you know i know you won't either it won't like muddy our our opinion of him as the joker in the movie no um, unlike jesse eisenberg who i uh, in my opinion no is no those, those those type of remarks are completely polar opposites yes. you know what i mean yes definitely like that you know that's just like like an, an opinion and like one was just like an attack on culture you know what I mean? yeah if you guys don't know what we're talking about just quickly google jesse eisenberg uh remarks about comic-con or whatever um and you'll find what we're talking about um but yeah that's all the and not to mention he was fucking gar he was he wasn't just garbage he was hot garbage yeah as fucking yeah. lex luther fucking trash um yeah but that's all the DC news we have for you guys. That's all the banter we have about DC for you guys today. Um, so now is the big topic. Just kidding, it's not. It's Marvel. But we, we're not get, we're not going to talk about Spider-Man yet because there's some other stuff we have to talk about before that, okay? We're getting there, though. It's going to be really... I know, I know. I know. You're, you're dying to hear the cutting-edge views of the Nerdy Boys when it comes to the Sony Marvel deal. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I know you're waiting for this. This is what you've been waiting for all week. You know, you've been telling your friends, you've been telling your mom about it, and, and we understand. Yeah, you've it's, been it's understandable. You've been having arguments with your friends and your mom, and you've been like, "I bet Nerdy Boy Scott's gonna agree with me." But right, you know, exactly. we'll get there. We'll get there. First of all, there's a report. There's a report that Kit Harrington, who plays Jon Snow, is joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We don't know who he's gonna play. We don't In know if a it's mystery true. Role. Yeah, mystery role if it happens. We'll see. Who knows? Well, this is reported by Deadline, which you can't always take every source, you know, at, at you know a hundred percent. But most times, when Deadline does report on, you know, comic book or nerd uh, culture things, like they're usually right. Right. Yeah. So definitely keep hope up that you know if you're a Kit Harrington fan, then. You know, this is probably true news. Yeah, yeah. Could be great. And more news about Marvel and the MCU. Uh, Russell, uh, what's his name? What the fuck is your name? Wyatt Russell. He has been cast in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. He's going to be playing John Walker, one of the few men who has taken over Captain America. Uh, he's picked up the shield, you know. He's taken on the role of Captain America in the comic books. 
Um, he was previously the super patriot and egotistical rival to Steve Rogers. When Rogers resigned as Captain America, Walker was the government's first choice to replace him. However, Rogers ultimately reclaimed his role after Walker proved to be too unstable to be Cap. Instead, Walker took on a new persona, U.S. agent. Um, Kevin Feige also confirms that Emily Van Camp will be reprising her role as Sharon Carter uh, for the first time since Civil War in this series, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, Daniel Brühl is reprising his role as uh, Helmut Zemo. And, and I think that's it for that. But, yeah, pretty cool news. What do you think? I don't know who this Wyatt Russell feller is. but uh, Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, I could kind of care less about the role as well. Uh, you know, Sharon Carter, I mean, kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what made her so interesting in the first place was her relationship with Cap. So Right, and now that that's been resolved, what purpose does she have? being in another film right <laughs> no offense guys i know you guys oh my god you guys are denying a woman of being all no 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 shut your fucking mouth it's funny that's not what's happening what i'm saying is i'm analytically looking at things and i'm noticing other than her relationship to cap what purpose can she serve yeah I'm not saying it's not going to be a good one but i'm yeah. just saying we don't have all the answers we're just giving our opinions guys we don't speak for all nerds just for ourselves. Um, Kat Dennings. You know, you guys know Kat Dennings. She plays Darcy in the first two Thor movies. You know, Mew Mew. Remember her? Yes. Yes. And, and Randall Park, who played uh, the the home arrest agent to Scott Lang, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yes. Uh, joined the cast of WandaVision on Disney+, Plus, so they'll be reprising their roles. So that'll be neat. I mean, they're both funny characters, so, you know. I just feel like... They're like recycling characters a little bit now. <laughs> like all this, new, all this news is all like recycle characters that we could have totally done without. You know what? They're like people just like mildly somehow found interesting, and they're like, you know what? We could put this person here, and it would save us a lot of time from having to like cast somebody new and make up a new. Character. I feel like yeah, they have everyone's like character name on a dart, and they just throw it out a board of all the the things they have coming up. They're like, all right, we'll find a place for them there. Whoa, whoa, and I, I know what you guys are all thinking, right? Like, whoa, the Nerdy Boys, you know, having to go at Marvel. You're goddamn right. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, why not? You know, because, like we said, it's fan opinion. Right. But, you know what, let's talk about something new then, alright? We're tired, we're done with the old, we don't we don't care about the old so much. We want something new, because we're impatient people. So, Marvel Studios announces three new live action series for disney plus and they are incredible okay right. first of all she hulk i'm a fan of she hulk a lot of people aren't so maybe that's like not that interesting to you guys but you know what we'll move on we'll move on miss marvel none other than kamala khan herself i love kamala khan you guys what do you think what do you think scott about that one i'm i'm very happy because kamala khan's like run on miss marvel was so was much better right yeah it's good in the comics like in my opinion i th i think it is just like worlds ahead and i just I, I i don't know i just feel like it's something a little bit different and i'm, I'm excited for that yeah and for Definitely all you social justice bullshit people she's pakistani and muslim and blah blah shut up nobody gives a fuck what you have to say but um, the best one. I saved the best for last, guys, because, oh, yeah. well, I mean, to me, it's the best, right? Moon Knight. We oh, are yeah. finally uh, dude. getting a Moon Knight series. <laughs> it's so funny, dude, because, like, 
Uh, circa 2012, 2013. You know, we're you know we're headed you know to the comic book shops and Christian's picking up his weekly subscriptions with all which also included Moon Knights. Uh-huh. And you always sat there and talked about, like, dude, when are they going to do Moon Knight in the MCU? I know. And you only had to wait a short seven, seven years, years for it. <laughs> yeah, I've loved Moon Knight, I don't know, for a long time. I remember one of the coolest comic book covers I ever saw was uh, Deadpool Moon Knight fighting with, like, shattered glass around him with all these reflections. I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Um, like that was in like 2009, you know, like at that point I've seen right. a lot of comic book covers. I was just like, this is so fucking cool. And I read a lot of Moon Knight like on that run. And then when it was rebooted, uh, well, it had to be 2014. It was rebooted. I read that series. I loved it. Um, and I remember, I, th- I think I remember I used to show Scott like panels from him and be like, wouldn't this be such a cool fucking sequence to see like on Netflix or something? Right. I just love that series. So cool. Because I mean, me not really knowing much about Moon Knight, <laughs> Uh, admittedly, I asked Christian, like, okay, well, well, why is he so great? And, you know, he's sitting there explaining to me. I'm like, okay, I could see, like, where you're going with this and, like, how he would be a great addition into the MCU. And I'm just, like, sitting here patiently waiting. I'm just like, okay, you know, it'll probably happen eventually. Eventually, we're going to get all the characters, but then it's just, you know, buying our time pretty much. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I'm super pumped for that. I can't wait um, but we're going to have to backtrack a tiny bit, okay? Before the Spider-Man deal, the Russo brothers have been talking again, okay? They do that. Oh, no. And I don't mind that they talk. I think it's their opinion. But um, this, is a, this is actually I find kind of interesting because it pertains to a question we had from our friend Dennis that we addressed at Silicon Valley Comic Con while we were podcasting. And we'll re- readdress it here as it pertains to this uh, story which is why pretty much why I pulled it but they talked about the fates of Iron Man and Captain America um, this is what they said well this isn't what they said so Tony Stark's MCU journey came to a conclusion in Endgame um, spoiler alert uh, Iron Man's sacrifice ensured that Thanos was finally defeated but believe it or not that wasn't always the way the story was set up to go while speaking with Canada.com screenwriters Christos- Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely revealed uh, that they were looking for ways to spare Tony. I'm sorry, I said the Russos. It's not the Russos, guys. It's the writers, not the directors. My fault. I put the wrong title. I'm sorry. Sorry, Russos. Shame <laughs> on you. Um, Shame. This is what. Shame. <laughs> this is what Christopher Marcus said. He said we considered ways to let Tony live, and whether there was a story there. But dying was the last thing he needed to do to become a fully realized hero. There was never a better story than that. True. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think he was a full-fledged hero already and stuff. Yeah. yeah, And and, and just, you know, let's just say. He made the sacrifice in the the first event. final, you know, bow to Robert Downey Jr. Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. (laughs) That guy is fucking an icon, bro. (laughs) Like, Like, legit, bro. It's like one of the most hated Marvel characters. Nobody cared about Iron Man. Let's just get this out of the way, right? Nobody cared about Iron Man before Civil War, even in the comic books. Nobody gave yeah. a shit about even, him. Even then, he was Nobody the bad guy. Nobody liked him. He was just a drunkard that Cheated was a playboy, always, like, substance abusing and stuff. And, you know, he was a very relatable character, but the material was very harsh. Nobody really cared about him. Let's right. be honest. Nobody cared about him. Then, 
2009 happened. And what Robert Downey Jr. did not only changed the image of him, but actually was like, like literally retrofitted the character in comic books. To him. Yeah, they changed he, how they he's wrote. He's such an Iron icon, Man. bro. Yeah, he he incredible became that what character. he did. He, you know, same same with Chris Evans, arguably. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I think even on a bigger scale, RDJ for sure. Right. He he made Iron Man who who he will always be from this day from on. This, like right, from from exactly. the the minute he we saw him in Iron Man one, they change they forever changed the character of Iron Man. People aren't gonna look back and be like, dude, you remember Iron Man fighting Crimson Dynamo in the nineteen sixties and seventies? No, dude. Nobody gives a shit about that. We care about Tony Stark now. We care about RDJ's portrayal and how we that cared, has influenced it. We cared about RDJ that was stuck in the desert building his own suit. Right. You know, escaping imprisonment. You know, that's the RDJ that we cared about. The one that was a terrible guy but then pulled himself up right. into, like, a more... How do I say? Like likable, I guess. I don't know. He he but, became a complete character, you know. Like he became a relatable, vulnerable, three dimensional character who grows and evolves and doesn't just, you know, stagnate. Like he might fall into his old ways here and there, but he grows overall. You know. Right. He's so great, dude. He he was fantastic. Anywho, anywho, what were we talking about in the first place? Um, we're talking about the fate of Tony. Oh, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with it. Um, there's no need to just, like, walk down, like, oh, well, why, you know, what would be the landscape if this boy didn't happen? I'm sorry, it didn't happen. And, yeah. you know, playing what-ifs are, like, a huge part of, like, nerd culture and stuff and, like, are fun. But, like, to then, you know, because I know, like, where this sort of, like, discussion leads, it, like, just, like, leads to fans being angry that it didn't happen. Yeah. Hashtag you know? The Last Jedi. Exactly. So it's just like, to me, for them to come out and talk about it like it like that, like, like, kind of like picture it in that way. It's like eh, I don't really care. Yeah. Um. So they also say that death would not have had the same impact for Captain America slash Steve Rogers. Uh. This is what they said. As for Captain America, he was willing to kill himself twice in his first movie. It didn't seem like a particularly interesting thing to have him do. Uh, having Cap return from war and put his shield down seemed like the end of an arc for him. According to Marcus, there wasn't a mandate in place to kill permanently uh, or remove any characters. Um, he said, we weren't there to just kill characters off. We were told if the story demands it, you can take people off the board. But if there's a good story to be told and no one dies, go ahead and tell that one too. So I think where I totally switch with this, right? is there was a place to kill him, right? And that was obviously Civil War. Because I think he was a much heightened character in the scheme of the MCU within the Civil War. Like, because if you kind of, like, notice, right, like, certain people, like, certain characters, like, dynamic inside the films and, like, their roles within these films, they they slowly change, right? And and they're, they're subtle changes. But obviously, after Civil War... Like RDJ is like that guy, right? Like he, he, like I mean, Iron Man is that guy, right? I think he, like I mean, like 
Whereas like Cap, maybe there wasn't enough time or stories to tell in between. But like because of what happened, he kind of became like like he was an important character. But like his like prominence as like a role was like farly reduced. Like because like you think about it, like think about his roles in Infinity War, right? They're pretty minor in, in like the grand scheme of things, right? Like whereas like RDJ, like he got an, a tremendous amount of screen time, a tremendous yeah. like story arc in there. Whereas like Cap, like Cap surprisingly didn't have a a grand like story arc. He was just part of the battles. Yeah, for for Cap, it was more like the quality over the quantity, and and for Iron Man, I mean, everything that happened with RDJ on screen in Infinity War was important, you know. So, you know, you can't dis- disregard any of that. But I think, like, based on the comic books, a lot of people were upset that they didn't kill off Cap because they feel like maybe the there wasn't the impact that there should have been after that movie. Right. But I think if they would have killed off Captain America, like in say Bucky or Sam took up the shield. There's no reconciliation from that point between Iron Man and them. Like, there's no way well, for them yeah, to come together to fix what but happens. Like, in so War. it's like they they like intentionally like change that so then they can move forward. Right. You know, because if they do it, then like as writers, they're stuck on how to repair that bridge, right. which I don't necessarily think is like a great idea to just like go with that line of thinking because that's like lazy writing to me. You know, right? Like but that would be the definition of lazy writing. It is a problem it's to like, write yourself in a corner too. Like that's bad writing, you know. Right. Uh, but like the thing is, is like, like the the you know them to say like there would be no significance in killing Cap. There would have been in Civil War, but yeah. post Civil War, you're correct because yeah. his his role didn't matter anymore. Him as a character no longer mattered. Right. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nowhere for him to go after Endgame. Like, there's unless it's like to become like the man in the chair, essentially like guiding and strategizing the the new team right. of Avengers. But I don't think that's interesting to most people. Right. Exactly. Like the the only way like that would work is if there was no more Nick Fury. Right. He would essentially have to become Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So. Um, either way, I mean, I think they had their say, but th- this brings us to the question that we got from Dennis about how we feel about Cap giving the role to Sam instead of Bucky at the end of Endgame, and do we think it should have been Bucky because of the comics, or are we happy with Sam? And my opinion on it is I'm, I'm fine with Sam as long as it's movie version of Sam and not the comic book version, which was terrible, of him becoming Captain America. But in the comics, I mean, in the movies... Sam's been his right-hand man for a while. Like, it's took him a while to get Bucky back. Bucky serves more of this lone wolf kind of lone role in, in the movies. So, I'm perfectly okay with it. But I think you have a different opinion. I definitely do. Uh, I think we, we all seen what happened. Because, essentially, Falcon is the same exact person he is in the comic books, right? Like, I think he is. Like... What's going to be different <laughs> from, like, the comic books? I mean, like, they're going to really have to, like, realize what a mistake the comic books was, which I don't necessarily think that they understand, like, that that was a mistake. Well, I don't think they're going to have him, like, going down to the border and stuff and doing all that trash. Um, right. But Like, I mean, like, it is no offense to Anthony Neck because I think he's a tremendous actor, and I absolutely love him as Falcon. 
Yeah. But I just think it would just, I don't know, like, I just think it's more meaningful. I really do. Like, I, you actually think about it, right? Think about their characters in the MCU outside of comic books. You actually think about the MCU versions of those two characters in relation to Cap. Who plays a more significant role in Cap's life? Obviously, Bucky. Yeah, not only that, but you have to look at it. Look at it from uh, like, okay, we're gonna reference Game of Thrones season seven again. So if you don't know what that is, who cares? But you know, remember Tyrion said, "Who has the best story?" Right? And you know, he was like the guy in the wheelchair for seven movies or seven seasons. Nah, not really. But in this case, the, who has a better story: the redemption arc or the black best friend? Right. Precisely. Like, and it's nothing to do with him being black. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. Like. Because Anthony Mackie has been do, fantastic. I, and... I, 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 I'm sorry, dude, but this is where I do differ a little bit from normal. Like, because I really don't. I, I'm obviously the thing. Your skin color shouldn't matter, but I do feel like you feel like they only gave it to him because he's black. Or no, like... no, 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 no. Not because he is. Because they were too afraid not to do it. Oh, because of the backlash. Yes. I Think gotcha. about the world we really live in, guys, and like. Take a step back. I know it's a it's a little bit of a controversial opinion, but 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 you know, and I'm not going to tell you anything about my personal life and how I'm you know, this this or this because you're going to think about me however you guys want to, and that's fine with me. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I know who I am. <laughs> but like, think about what what kind of like world we live in. Think about Iron Fist, right? Think about the fact that they did not cast an Asian. American or Asian person or any like anybody of Asian descent to play the Iron Fist role, how angry people were about well, that. I mean, it's not it's not like that's a one off either. I mean, look at um, it, ancient. It's all one. about representation in our world right now. Right, it's very big movement right now. When they cast Tilda Swinton as the ancient one, all of a sudden it didn't matter that like you know people who were saying, well, we don't have enough women in, in major roles. Now it's oh well, it may be a woman, but she's not Asian. We should have had an Asian person be the ancient one, right? Right. It, and then you look at um, who was the other one? It was a it was a big one. Jeez, I don't remember it now, but it, it it was another thing like that. It's like people are just like, oh, well, it should be this, like cast this kind of person or this person. It's like at the end of the day, the person best for the role should get it. But and I'm I'm totally not saying that like Falcon like they can't do a good job with it, but I'm just saying like and you actually take a step back, guys. Just take a step back. Look at Cap in his journey through the MCU, right? Who is more significant to him? Right. And I would argue it's always that Bucky. it is, and it's always going to be Bucky, right? Yeah. It, like the second most per- important person to Cap, other than Peggy. Yeah, other than Peggy. Sorry, no, I yeah. totally blanked out there. <laughs> but other, yeah, other than Peggy, Bucky's the most important person to Cap. Right. So wouldn't it have been like more of an, in, you know, my opinion, wouldn't it have been more of like an emotional, like tie through everything? Like it brings you all the way back into the journey between, you know, uh, Bucky and Cap all the way from the very first film. dude. It brings you throughout their entire journey. It just brings you right back into it all, you know? Right. And I have it I feel like it has a major emotional significance whereas what it like I I mean other than 
other than Falcon being arguably like the all-American guy, like he stood behind Cap in the Civil War. So yeah. it's like, other than that, it's like, why, why, why is he getting the mantle? Like, I'm not really getting that. You know, when when Bucky's a choice as well. Yeah, it's a little weird too because like Bucky was in Wakanda for so long and wasn't with Cap, which is weird. Like, or no, he put him back on ice after Civil War, remember? Cap, yeah. But that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, if you're looking at who's the most significant figure in Cap's life, it's Bucky. Maybe he didn't make the choice based on that. Maybe he was like, well, he'll be the best for the job. The public won't like Bucky, right? The public doesn't like this guy that they think murdered T'Challa's right. dad and stuff, you know? Like, right. whatever well, I mean, it is. Everybody but... loves a redemption arc, though, right? Right. I mean, probably one of the most written stories <laughs> throughout history is the redemption you know what would, You know what would have been better is if, is if he offered it to Bucky... And Bucky said, "I don't want that responsibility. I can't. I couldn't handle it." And and then he, Bucky said, "Well, why not Sam? People love Sam. Whatever. He'd do a great job." And then Cap's like, "Oh yeah, I agree. Whatever. You know, like even that would have been kind of better." Like you know, and I'm not saying like Sam isn't like justified. I just like I just kind of wonder like the studio's motivation behind it. Like I wonder like are they coming purely from a pure standpoint and giving him that role? Or is or it because they're in. too afraid to not to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, you do have to wonder these things, unfortunately. Yeah, because there is so much backlash around things, like, for no reason. Right, right. So, so like, I mean, you're going to have, like, those times where people, you know, maybe the studios don't make the right decisions, but they make the decision because they don't want to deal with the other outcome. Right. Yeah. So... But, I mean, that was just a little food for thought kind of thing, you know? Right. And and I also come off of <laughs> the knowledge of what happened in the comics when uh, Sam became Cap, and it was awful. Right. But doesn't mean that's going to happen in the films. Yeah, I have, I have more faith in Kevin Feige MCU anyway, so we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, but, you know, feel free to share your thoughts as well on this matter, um, Nerdy Boys Review. And, and, you know, and I know Twitter. my mine was a little bit more of, controversial you know content yeah it's fine it's fine you know it's an opinion after all at the end of the day but you know you guys are all here for one thing and it's the spider-man deal news and that's what we've come to now that's where we're at right no no more no more misdirections we promise guys it's the real deal it's time to discuss. Yeah, but first, Spider-Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so time to discuss the Marvel Sony Spider-Man deal. We're gonna we're just gonna take this point by point because this is a story that's developed, that's been misleading, that's been out there for people to be outraged and to talk, and we have our opinions and our predictions as well. So first of all, the news report came out that Sony walked away from this deal because Disney wanted fifty percent. And people were like, oh, blah, 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 whatever. Everybody's angry. Then it came out that Disney only wanted 30%, but Sony wouldn't wouldn't give it to them. So Disney walked away. Who knows if any of that's true? I don't know. But at the end of the day, where I come at this is Disney's doing the work. They should get some of the money, more than the 5% that right. they're getting. Like Right, because as of right now, they are only getting 5% of the first day box office right yeah and not even total box office not not even 
the one billion, not even five percent of the one billion dollars, which would have been fifty million dollars. Right. Like. And even if which can't even offset their production cost. Right. And I, I've heard people say, oh, well, Sony puts up the money for the cost of the film and everything else. And if that's true, then what? who fucking cares? Why are they bitching that they have to pay for their own fucking movie? Like, they own the rights to the character. They're letting Disney help them make the movies, and then they're making almost all the money from it. Like, who fucking cares? They have Literally, to pay for their own movie. Literally, the only place, right, Marvel even makes money. Literally. Marvel is literally doing this movie for the fans. Right, and... It the- is literally proven, bro, that it... it there's no way that their time and energy can possibly be worth the merchandise sales because they also get that. They they get all money from merchandise. Yeah, and, and what it comes down to is, at the end of the day, does Marvel, does Disney need Spider-Man? No, because guess what? Kevin Feige is the only person I know of as an executive producer who's never had a flop as a film. 22 movies in the MCU, not one flop. He doesn't need Spider-Man. He can he can alter course. The MCU can alter course. They can do whatever they want. They're going to make money on every movie they put out. They don't need Spider-Man. They're doing it for the fans. And it's great to have him. But as long as they're going to do the work, pay them. Like it's anybody right. else. If you're working and, a job. And see. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying. If you're, if you're working a job and your boss comes to you and says, hey, do you mind taking on this work? And you say. Sure, and they're like, we'll give you a little bit now, but you know, we'll talk again when raise season comes around, when it's time to negotiate your raise or whatever. And you say, okay, cool. You take on a whole bunch of new work. You're fine with it. A year passes. You're like, all right, it's time for the raise discussions. I want $2 more an hour, and your boss says, no. You have every right to walk away from that deal and say, okay, I'm going to find a better job. And your boss has every right to say no. They can say, Sony has every right to say no. But that it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's stupid, in my opinion. For people to be like, Disney's greedy. They have every right to ask for it. Right. They, they put in the graft, right? And, and and let's be honest, and let's let's actually clarify a couple things. That they want 50%, but first off, that, that might not even be true. Like, that number might not even be true, right. first off. It actually might be lower, but they're willing to take on production costs. Or or split them even. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. No, like that, that. That's what I meant. Like split. Yeah. So basically, they want it to be an even partnership where they are both e- benefiting equally. And what does the bullheaded company of Sony do? They said we made a billion dollars on this movie, and that's because of us. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. Uh, that's th- because of us, and let's not to mention we have made five Spider-Man movies. And I don't even think combined they made that much. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what um, this is what the a Hollywood Reporter source says. Uh, Tom Rothman, Sony Pictures chairman, uh, said, uh, "Okay, we've learned everything we need to from Kevin's playbook. We did Venom on our own, and we did Spider Verse. So they think they can do this on their own." Let me tell you guys something, right? People, I've seen people bitching. Oh, this Spider-Man in the MCU doesn't struggle with his rent, and he doesn't struggle with his identity, and all this stuff from the comics. Let me put it to you this way, very simply: the reason why this Spider-Man works in the MCU is because of how he works in the MCU. Like, 
he's not going to work on his own in Sony's whatever bullshit alternate universe reality of of this Spider-Man. It's not going to work because they don't know how to fit Spider-Man into a proper story. The only reason Spider-Man works is because of how they managed to get him to work within this universe. Right, exactly. Couldn't agree with you more, bro. Uh, I mean, look, this this whole story reeks of like what a sports deal contains, right? So, like in professional sports, you know, you have your your trade windows and stuff, stuff like that, like in uh, uh, like European football and stuff like that, right? And and nonstop, it's false rumors, dude, all the time, dude, just complete garbage filtered through the media constantly. Right. It's like you always say, check your sources, dude. Check your sources. Wait for more news stories to come out because guaranteed those facts are going to magically change. Yeah. And then you're going to eventually get the real grit of the story. The first, right? the first reports to come out are usually all wrong or misinformation. You have to wait for developments and see right. where the news is coming from because the Hollywood Reporter is very is very uh, uh, what's the word reliable like usually when they report something it's it's usually true and they're the ones who came out a couple days later and said no it's not 50 percent. they wanted 30 percent like and yeah disney walked because they didn't get it but you know the initial reports everybody's saying it's 50 50 but that could not be true this could maybe not be true someone maybe leaked this news to see someone from sony leaked this to see how fans would react and you know what i think a deal is still going to be done i mean i was literally just going to say that because just like in sports all the time, you see, oh, deal done, confirmed, all this stuff. And then the deal never happens or vice versa. Deal is off, deal is off, deal is off. Next day, boom, they announce that the deal is done. Right. And it literally drives people fucking batshit crazy, dude. Yeah. And I guarantee there's, there's no way that was the only talks that they're going to have. There's no fucking way that. Marvel, the MCU just lets this slide, dude. No, and they're backed by one of the rip- richest companies in the world, dude. They're like a huge conglomerate that owns like everything. <laughs> yeah, like I get it. Sony feels like Spider-Man is their only real cash cow. They don't want to give up any of that money. I get that where they're coming from. They're like Disney probably has a little more than enough money. They don't need more or whatever. But they, you should give them something because they made you your first ever billion-dollar Spider-Man movie. So. And then today, I mean, again, more rumors. This rumor came out that a deal is going to be done. It's going to be a seven-picture deal with Tom Holland that um, it's going to involve all this stuff. It's going to allow uh, Disney to use characters like Venom and all this other stuff. And the guy who put this rumor out there in a set of tweets literally said, the only reason I'm reporting on this rumor is because of how much I believe it's total bullshit. And people are, are reporting it like it's a fact. Like, oh, look at, look at, they're making a deal. Like, that's the first thing I woke up to this morning is one of my friends texts me like, dude, there's a deal in place. And I looked it up and there's no deal. So, again, like you said, check your sources. So Yeah, check your sources. This isn't the last time we've heard about this. I promise you there, I can't promise, but I'm like 90% sure there's going to be a deal done. And what do we think Tom Holland's going to do? Right? Is Tom Holland really going to be like, oh, yeah, I have to do these movies with Sony? Like, he's he's hanging out with Robert Downey Jr. hiking and shit. Like, he's right, best exactly. friends with these people. Like, you think he's just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do... Oh, shit. Sorry, the fucking sprinklers <laughs> turned on right next to me, dude. Scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, guys. 
But yeah, there yeah, there's no way that Tom Holland lets this go. There's no way that either company let this go because what let's be honest. Let's be honest. The worst thing that Sony could possibly do is be that bullheaded that they think that the reason that they made a billion dollars is because of their studio. Right. And on top of And then all they'd of that. walk away, they make a film, and then they fail miserably and then try to crawl back to Marvel. Right. That's what would happen if they actually just walk away. Yeah. That's uh, what it will happen. Guaranteed. On top of all of that, like the most telling thing is Disney hasn't said anything, Tom Holland hasn't said anything, and Sony hasn't come out and actually said anything. They've just leaked things or people be like, I've heard this from a uh someone at Sony or whatever. If there was no deal, something would have come out. If right. there was a deal, something would have come out. But nobody's saying anything. You know who's saying stuff? Jeremy Renner posted on Instagram that says, we want Spider-Man back. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, you know who else is saying stuff? Ryan Reynolds, yeah. No, no, no. Oh. One more person. Oh, is this Stanley's daughter? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to her in a second. Before that, John Watts, the director, isn't signed on for more movies, but apparently Sony's trying to get him, but Marvel is also trying to get him, apparently, for other films that are not <laughs> Spider-Man. So, oh, man. we'll see what happens gonna there. He's going to win race, dude, and freaking uh, yeah. Sony's going to be pissed. Yeah. Uh, Stanley's daughter had some things to say. Before I tell you what those things are, I'm going to preface this by telling you that before Stanley's wife died, him and his daughter were extremely estranged. She she stole thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars from Stanley, and that's all you really need to know before you hear anything she has to say. Um, she's siding with Sony. She says, Marvel and Disney seeking total control of my father's creations must be checked and balanced by others who, while still seeking to profit, have genuine respect for Stanley and his legacy. Before I continue, I'm pretty sure that Marvel, through their in the the opening thing, the opening credit, and Captain Marvel with the tribute to Stanley, through the end of Endgame and the extended release of Endgame, which has a special scene for Stanley, they've done more than honor his legacy and his characters. But I'll move on. Uh, she also said, whether it's Sony or someone else's. The continued evolution of Stan's characters and his legacy deserves multiple points of view. When my father died, no one from Marvel or Disney reached out to me. And that is everything you need to know right there. They didn't reach out to her and a strange daughter of Stanley who stole money from him. They didn't reach out to her, which means they didn't want to give her money. So does she really believe that Sony is going to honor his legacy? Or is she just butthurt that they didn't reach out to her and offer her money and condolences because her dad died? Right, yeah, exactly. Dude, th this lady, dude, it is just like... <laughs> it's like, first off, right? Like, we all respect and love Stanley, But who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking seriously. Idiously, mate. Idiously. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> no, seriously, though. Because, like, it's like, you literally have nothing to do. Like... Like you said, you're you're like a complete scumbag. You hella stole money from your own father. Yeah, she like in like after his Stanley's wife died, she like fired his good caretakers and brought in these other people. Remember like the reports and stuff about like him being mistreated and stuff. That's all coming from his fucking daughter, right? Like, so it's like you just sit there and say, oh, a company has no respect for your father. You had no respect for your father, you fucking scumbag. Right. I mean, and like, this dude, this isn't all she said either. I have another thing she oh, said. No, I think so, I only heard about the thing that she just said. 
she she took another shot at Marvel and Disney exec. She said, from day one, they have commoditized my father's work and never shown him or his legacy any respect or decency. In the end, no one could have treated my father worse than Marvel and Disney executives. Uh, what about you? I'm pretty sure you treated your father worse. <laughs> I mean, holy shit, dude. If Stan Lee was that unhappy, he wouldn't have been in these films doing cameos. Like, like you must be joking, right? uh, Like, like, like you must be joking, dude. There's no way she had. Oh my! I can't deal with this woman because, like, bro, like seriously though, it's like, dude, how are you gonna sit there and like, dude, they they consistently pay homage to this guy, like seriously, right? Like. Like, all the time, bro. Like, cameos. Literally fucking entire scenes and stuff. Like, you know, like, he built the company. Like, what do you fucking mean? Right. And like, what is... I'm, so con- I'm so confused by, like, her outlandish statements because it- it's just factually true. Like, the MCU has given breath to, like, the end of, like, Stan Lee's life, dude. Right, and how Are many... you fucking... Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say... Without the MCU, what would, like, really, though, what would Stanley have done with the end of his life? Well, and aside from all of that, I mean, look at the number of people now who want to read and be invested in his characters because of the movies they watched. Like, And look, I want everybody to be 100% crystal clear what I meant by that statement. I am not saying that he was, like, some washed-up dude. Like, I'm not saying that he was, like, finished and stuff. But what I'm saying is... The work done by the MCU catapulted Stan Lee back into the forefront of things, gave him a say-so back into his creations, uh, gave him uh, cameos, and gave him a lifetime worth, a lifetime more of memories, you know? Right. Uh, of Of these con events and stuff like that. Do you think... Stanley probably would have done half those things if it wasn't like for the MCU and his involvement. Bro, probably I, not. We have to be realist. Probably not. And what is right? what is higher regard to his legacy than the entire basis for the MCU, where Kevin Feige literally says the comic books are the Bible. They are what we base everything off of. Like exactly. What what higher honor to his legacy is there than that? But you want to talk about respect? What the fuck did Sony do? To show respect to Stan Lee. I don't see anything they did. But I've seen evidence of things that, that Disney and Sony have done. I mean not Sony. Disney and Marvel. The MCU. I've seen evidence in their films of what they've done. And how right. they paid respect. Just because they didn't reach out to you personally. Like who the fuck are you? Like, sure you're his daughter. How, how do you know? How, like, exactly. Just because you're like his daughter. Like they're, like, they're supposed to lick your ass crack dude. No fuck you. You were a fucking lowly scumbag that fucking took advantage of your father in a weakened state. Like what kind of person does that? Just steals and embezzles money from their own father to profit and gain. And then gives him a a poor quality of life. You know what I think happened is Stanley didn't leave her much. And so she wants to make a deal with Sony that they take the character back and then she'll make some money off of that. Because I I think that's the only way she'll get money is if she has a deal with Sony or something. She's a scumbag, dude. Yeah, fuck her. <laughs> yeah. Her opinion literally means nothing, dude, to me. Yeah, no. Because 
what has she ever done for comic books? It was her father's work, not her work. How dare she sit there and sit there and, like, try to fucking, like, make this shit about her and shit. Yeah. Talking about, oh, well, nobody reached out to me and stuff. Like, how do you know that they didn't know about, like, all your little dealings? And fucking was just like, this is a terrible person. We're not yeah. talking to her. I have <laughs> so little respect for this woman that if I ever got the displeasure of being honored or dishonored to go to her house... I would purposely step in dog shit and not wipe my feet or take off my shoes as I walk through her house. Okay, I'll just take a shit on her. <laughs> <laughs> just on her fucking coffee table. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff we couldn't say at SVCC, guys. We couldn't be, like, talking about uh, this kind of stuff. So, Defecate you know, we, we, property. We, we have to get it out now. There was fucking, like, eight-year-old kids drawing pictures, like, 20 feet from us, so we had to be really careful. Uh, Oh, man. What a great time. Yeah. But, no, um, okay, moral of the story, guys, don't listen to this crazy lady. Uh, A deal still can be done, so don't panic, everyone. Just give it a little time, especially when you're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars. Literally a billion dollars. (laughs) Literally one billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Why make a billion when you can make a hundred million dollars? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Fucking Austin Powers, dude. God, yeah. Dr. Evil is so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing is, right, if the deal can't be done, Disney will be fine. They don't need Spider-Man. They can refer to him as, like, the kid who killed himself or was murdered after his identity was revealed because that's their property at the the end of the day. What's Sony going to do? They can't refer to Iron Man. They can't refer to the blip. They can't refer to anything. All they can do is, like, be like, oh, this is a new universe with the guy who looks just like him, uh, but it's not the same Spider-Man. And nobody's going to give a shit about that Spider-Man. Exactly. So, Sony, you can go back to making terrible movies. Here's the thing, right? We, we talked about Venom. We liked Venom. But here's the thing. Even Venom was good because it was better than... We thought it was going to be trash. We thought that movie was going to be utter dog shit. And it wasn't, which was surprising. So we enjoyed it. But it wasn't the best Venom movie they could have made. If if Disney had that Venom, they would have done a better movie. We know that. But yeah. for what it was, it wasn't bad. It just... You know, it surprises because it wasn't trash. <laughs> so, Persisly. like, it's not like they they get credit for that for making a movie that's not trash. Like, okay, it wasn't trash, but it wasn't what the best you could do. It wasn't the best that Disney could do. So, like, if you expect us to believe you can make a better Spider-Man movie than Disney, we've seen the evidence you can't. Like, I don't want Peter, Tom Holland with fucking dyed hair dancing and fucking pe- pelvic thrusting and shit. That's not what I want. Right? Yeah. No. Not anyways. Anything else on this topic? Are are we no. are, are we concluded? I've been concluded. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> that was our uh, Sony, Marvel, Disney, Spider-Man deal bullshit. Stanley's daughter's a whore talk. So um, I hope it was worth it because we teased the fuck out of it. You know. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Please be sure to share your opinion. Some of my friends continuously share their opinions with me and ask for my thoughts because they want to troll me or they have honest, genuine questions. 
about the deal and what what it can mean if the deal is not reaching everything so i appreciate all that and i'm sure you know scott does as well these are conversations we love to have but i don't enjoy having them nearly as much as i have enjoy having them with you on this podcast and being able to fully talk about all this so absolutely uh, but yeah, thank you guys for sticking with us. That's everything for we have for you guys this week. Uh, make sure you check out our social media, Nerdy Boys Review, Twitter, and Instagram, Nerdy Boys Reviews on Facebook. Follow us. Follow Scott's Twitter, Captain Hot Sauce, CPT underscore Hot Sauce on Twitter, and my Twitter, Nerdy Boy Inhuman. We post all the time and post a bunch of shit on there. So, you know, if you want to have conversations with us, reach out to us, everything else. Make sure you check out our social media. That's everything we have for you guys. Thank you for joining us. I'm Nerdy Boy Christian. And I'm Nerdy Boy Scott. And as always, we have one message for you, and that is stay nerdy, boys. Oh my god, we were so off. Let's run this back. Okay, okay, okay. I'm Nerdy Boy Christian. And I'm Nerdy Boy Scott. And as always, we have one message for you, and that is stay Stay nerdy, nerdy boys. boys.